Hey everybody and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sacred Resistance Podcast. This is episode number 60. Today we had on Dr. Jennifer Giordano. She's a holistic psychiatrist from Free Range Psychiatry. Yeah, we had her on today and we talked about a plethora of different things um, in the psychiatric world, I guess you could say, and how she was mainstream um, with her beliefs before and then her awakening and how she kind of pulled back and realized that there was other options out there for healing and for psychiatry. Um, she works at, or she works with, um, Dr. Campbell at the, at the free range psychiatry. And if you don't follow that page on Instagram, I highly recommend it. I'll link it here in the show notes and how to get a hold of them. Um, how you can work with Dr. Jennifer and it's just a whole nother paradigm shift as we've talked about in many of our episodes what we've been led to believe isn't always the truth and there are doctors out there that are fighting for um, informed consent fighting for a different path to be paved and a different way of healing and I think these doctors are doing incredible work as as meds aren't the be-all end-all and quite the contrary they've got lots of side effects they've got lots of um, different things that happen in your brain when you take them and people like Dr. Giordano are offering other solutions other other ways to go about your healing journey and also just knowing that a lot of times your diagnosis isn't a life sentence um that you're able to heal from from a diagnosis and that there are ways to go about that. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was it was just a neat podcast for me because I really think that the mental health world and um, psychiatric world from from my perspective, we don't hear a lot about alternative modalities and these doctors are doing incredible work and you if you get diagnosed with um whatever it is that you get diagnosed with, it doesn't have to be a life sentence. Yeah, and a lot of these old school modalities and methods of healing are just, are just that. They're, they're uh, part of the program and we need to break free from that. Yeah, so uh, Dr. Jennifer, thank you so much for coming on with us, taking the time and explaining so beautifully what you do and offering um, this type of healing work to your patients. The world needs more people like this and more people are waking up and realizing how important diet and exercise and sleep and things like that are to them their mental health so keep on doing what you're doing because i know there's so many people out there looking for this type of healing out there yeah keep spreading the light and let the healing begin (laughs) and if you're listening to this you are the resistance the sacred resistance Hey everybody, one quick thing before you start listening to this episode, I just wanted to remind you that our store is up and running and we have some great new shirts, um, some I don't co-parent with the government, freedom over fear, um, some good little kid shirts that say uh, wild and free and we have a few more that are coming down the pipeline so please make sure to check out the website, it will be in our show notes. Yeah, uh, put on some swag and represent, we got some good stuff. And uh, you can tell the world what you think. 
Totally. And not to mention our Sacred Resistance logo, which the logo, in our opinion, is, is pretty badass. awesome. Yeah, we love a, it. Yeah, totally. So look cool and speak your mind at the same time. Nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So thanks for being here, guys. We love you and enjoy the episode. We love y'all. Yeah, I'm a yoga teacher too. So, yeah. So great. Just like, I think when I first fell in love with yoga, I was a teenager. And I, even then, not being able to articulate why I loved it so much, but what attracted me was like the body, mind, and soul connection and just the holistic part of it, like how our body is one whole thing. And when you try to work on one thing and not the other, it doesn't always work. And that's why I loved yoga because it was holistic, like everything working together. So Uh, I think yoga is really powerful. I think, I think it's almost magically powerful in what it can do for people. I agree. Um, Yeah. I first started doing it. I was using VHS tapes. Same, same. In the day. <laughs> yeah. And um, at first I hated it. I really did because there was just the discomfort of like postures and then, or, or even just approaching the discomfort. I had like no space in within myself to be with that. <laughs> so I hated it. But then for me, years later, I actually met um, a pretty famous world renowned yogi um, and started doing. Kriya practices and then ultimately Hatha yoga practices as well through um, the things that he taught. And I felt like it was, I I mean, it changed my life <laughs> in numerous ways. I, I There's something I think about, like you said, there's something going on on the, you know, the body, mind, energy levels during yoga, whatever yeah. that is. Humans have figured out about when you hold a posture in for in a certain way with a certain um, uh, maybe intent and or mind that that something happens in terms of transforming the human. I don't you know I don't know exactly what that what that is, but I do see it a lot, and I see it a lot with patients who find their way to yoga somehow and say, "Oh my gosh, you know." If, if people kind of really get into it, it seems like one of those things that like oh my gosh, it made such a huge difference for me mentally, emotionally. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm seeing that a lot. I actually, I ended up, I was in India for a year and a half. I was, tra- was trained to be a meditation and yoga teacher, actually, ultimately, because I found, I found it so impactful. And wow. just, so, I mean, and I love doing things as naturally as possible. Yeah. And so to see something be so efficacious, that doesn't require a prescription. Yeah. That once you learn it, it's yours. You can do it on your own. I love people being free and not needing, yes. <laughs> you know, to be dependent on um, on others or you know other kinds of interventions. And I think it can be very liberating in that yeah. way. Yeah. yeah ab- absolutely. Absolutely. And well, why don't we just get? I. I. I'm so grateful. Dr. Jennifer Giordano is with us today. And um, I would love to hear your story because you were a traditional um, psychiatric doctor and now you kind of gone like and found a holistic approach to it. I would love to hear your story of how you got to where you are today and like, and you did all your schooling, you had a great education, and now you're you're helping people basically get off their medications and heal from their symptoms, right? 
Yeah, yeah. So I'll try to I'll try to give the Cliff Notes version of the story. So. That's quite well. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I went into medicine um, and started the traditional training. So I did all that. You know, I, I did my undergrad um, actually. You know, first and then. I was an engineer and I hated that. <laughs> and so I really wanted to help people. I wanted to somehow be involved directly with people. Engineering helps people, but it's a little more, you know, you're a little removed, like you're doing things and processes and, and designing stuff that people benefit from and it helps humanity. But I kind of wanted more of that thing. So I went into medicine. Um, I would say partway into my training, I kind of realized, wow, this is really it's really rough. I mean, I'm the person going through it. It's incredibly, I mean, it was, it was painful and, you know, mentally and it's just, it's so much. Um, and I was like, Oh wow, this is rough. Um, but made it through that, um, at certain points though, kind of was like, wow, the system is really tough on the providers themselves. And then starting to learn about how is it then also for patients as well. Um, Kind of went through some of my own um, journey in that regard, trying to figure out is medicine then the right thing for me? Is that really where I want to land? Because also I had the holistic kind of leanings early on in my life. I started to explore diet on my own, like nutrition and like, what's up with that? Like starting to realize you can really impact your health through which foods you eat. Um, And, you know, while things are touted as being, oh, yeah, okay, fine, and healthy and stuff on commercials, that might not actually translate to what's truly, really helpful for your body in terms of the fuel it's meant to eat and yes. meant, meant to run on. And so in that time, I was kind of starting to get into that. And that was also when I started to um, want to work on my own mental health. My anxiety by the time I was done with med school was like, it was really bad. It was, I had heartburn. I had all the things that go along with having really bad anxiety, like waking up in the middle of the night, like, <gasps> just, I think from being in such a state of intense um, fight or flight and anxiety. So I was also at that time wanting to work on my own mental health, which was when I started to find meditation, yoga. That's when I got the VHS tapes and started trying to figure out like, what can I do for myself naturally? It, albeit this was after I had explored some stuff, non-natural stuff. Yes, <laughs> you know, yes. I tried the Xanax. I tried Prozac, which was one of the worst experiences of my life, I would have to say, um, in terms of how it made me feel. I was praying to have the panic attacks back that I had had before wow. that I started it because it, whatever it did in the brain was really awful. Um, so I, I wasn't on that for very long. Um, so then I felt just really compelled, like I want to do this as naturally as I can and started looking at supplements and diet, nutrition, exercise, and stress reduction, including meditation, and started to explore that. And then some Eastern thought, you know, looking into where a lot of the meditative practices have originated from yeah. in India and that whole area of the world. Um and so then, yeah, it went through residency, the traditional training. I just kind of muscled it through, um, trying to also keep myself just, you know, working on myself and creating time for my own well-being as well, which sadly I would say physicians aren't so well trained or supported in doing. 
I'd say it's more just, okay, just know it all, do it all, be it all. And, and, and don't, you know, don't show any signs of fatigue. And it, like, it's, it's kind of, um, kind of inhumane, I think in a lot of ways, making somebody stay up for 30 hours in a row, taking care of acutely ill patients, like it's a lot of rough stuff. But anyway, so um, <laughs> got through that, started to explore more of my interest in, in the holistic realm. Um, so when I graduated from residency, I started my own practice and I saw people kind of, um, not a lot, but enough to kind of continue to explore this more holistic route. So looking more at integrative stuff, you know, right. therapy and then the diet supplement, all supplements, exercise, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I also started to explore yoga and meditation a whole lot more, really delved into that for about 10 years, which was, I think, life-changing and transforming when it came to my own health and seeing what it was doing for others. Um, and I was actually teaching yoga and meditation classes around North America, also in India, um, in Canada. That's, I, was, I was there in your neck of the woods um, for a number of classes. But then COVID hit, um, and then so all the classes stopped. And then things yeah. kind of life changed for me and so I came back to okay I'm going to focus home back in on um, going back into psychiatry and I happened to find Dr. Campbell practice online she happened to be hiring she's you know established free range psychiatry the holistic psychiatric practice I found it on accident I you know just looking for I can't remember what I googled about psychiatry and her practice came up and I read nothing's by accident I don't think it was meant to be clearly yeah, yeah, that's true. And I read her blog and I read about like the smoothie she has every day and then the yoga she does. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's not yeah. often that you hear other psychiatrists talking about that kind of stuff, like focusing yeah. on that, those aspects of their lives and, and health and, and putting that out there. So I was like, ooh, this sounds pretty intriguing. So I was like, well, there's no way she's hiring. Is it, you know, is it possible? And I, I was looking at the tabs on the menu. I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, um, I can't, you know, like application for positions or whatever. And so I just reached out to her immediately. And that was like two, almost two and a half years ago. Oh. And so, and then really, she's created a great structure with free range. Um, and she's created educational uh, uh, fellowship programs. So modules, if you want to learn more about holistic health. Right. Yeah. She's one of the most well researched physicians I've ever met. Um, she is voracious in terms of her consumption of studies and books. And she's, it's, and she's also been good, I think, then at distilling that down for other people to understand and learn and, and kind of pull that together to make sense in terms of just viable, practical, practical recommendations. So I integrated a bunch of stuff that she teaches and, and, and then just with the structure of free range, just even that, you know, we create a wellness plan for everybody that includes all of this stuff, you know, diet, supplements, lab work. We're going to look at the medical stuff um, talking about, yeah, okay, what's your plan for exercise? You know, what kind of therapy are you going to be engaged in? What kind of holistic practices are you doing? Who's your social supports? Um, every patient gets a wellness plan and we talk about, all of it, yeah. including the medications piece. Yeah. And so I think what happened was then people who are drawn to a holistic approach 
those are people who are naturally starting to get better and question and, and doing some self-empowerment stuff. Those are naturally the people who are going to start to wonder about like, hmm, do I, do I need this medicine? And yeah. to what extent do I need it? I'm feeling better. And so naturally people start kind of reducing the medication, you know, because they're feeling better, the stuff's working. And, and circumstances change, right? You learn and grow as a human being. Maybe if you started Prozac five years ago, some big event happened, there was, you know, whatever, but you're not the same person you were five years ago. Yeah. You've learned, you've experienced, you've grown, you've, and so exploring this thing of like, do I still need this medication? I think kind of happened naturally. Yeah. And then we started to stumble on this phenomenon that people had a hard time coming off despite them being really actually stable and not having a long mental health history and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it, and so we, and I know Kendra did a ton of research about what started to appear online through the peer-based support communities, people's voices about what's the real deal when it comes to coming off psychiatric medication. Yeah. And, and traditionally up until this point, we really only acknowledged withdrawal, the phenomenon of withdrawal when it comes to like benzodiazepines, Zanapin yeah. or Ativan, that, that we've acknowledged that there's a physiological dependence for those kinds of medications, but not something like Prozac or not something like Lexapro or Paxil or Effexor. And, and now having done this work for, you know, a few years, really kind of honing in on this, I would say it is absolutely ultra common for people to have withdrawal coming off of an SSRI, what we would have traditionally or, or historically called a non-addictive medication, yeah. I'm just going to say baloney. Yeah. There, there, there's a, physiologic, there's, your, your physiology has become expectant of that particular set of chemicals to be showing up every day. And when suddenly it, it, it drastically decreases or stops, yeah. a person will have horrible I've, I've had people describe the symptoms as horrible worst experience of my life hell torturous yeah. and so I've had numerous people people start to find us for this reason of helping them taper that they've tried to taper or they've tried to come off the medication numerous times but stopped and then gone back on because yeah. of the withdrawal symptoms because it, it sure looks a lot like like depression or anxiety yeah. you know oh we, you needed the medication, so, you know, okay, here you go, let's put you back on it, when actually what they were experiencing was withdrawal. Yeah. We started to figure out that, and people started reporting this, like people just out in the world trying stuff, because that's what humans will do. They'll try yes. to try to help themselves and figure it out. Well, people started trying stuff and realizing that if you reduce at much lower, slower rates, like instead of making a 50% cut, we would make maybe like a 15% cut or even 10% and then hold it for a month right. and then see how you do. Like, well, watch your withdrawal patterns, see what happens, what do you experience, and then assess for your next reduction. And using that approach, um, I'm seeing people get off meds who've been on them for a decade, wow. two decades, have tried numerous times, and finally actually able to um, come off. And again, in the context of holistic yes. stuff, like doing the therapy, you know, eating your greens, you know, like exercising, that self-care component, you know, pieces. And there's new huge. pieces. 
Yeah. Which can't is just, you can't just do one of those things and feel better. It's almost, it's like, and I think that's why a lot of people um, start taking the pills because they need to, they need a quick fix or they, it's almost, yeah. it's daunting. It's too, too impossible to think about, oh, I've got to eat good. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. Like a list of things they have to do when they're in such a dark place and, and feeling so low. That's why they reach for the meds. And, and like, so it sounds like a lot of work. Here. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of work. Stuff. That sounds like three hours a day. I got to exercise. I got to do yoga. I got to meditate. I got to make a smoothie. Like yeah. this pill takes me one second to pop in my mouth. Yeah. But not yeah. knowing that later on in life, if they ever want to come off, it could be even potentially worse than yeah than totally than the alternative. Well, I could, yeah, it's hard. I mean, I'm such a. I like to push my body to the physical limit all the time. So I'm like a. I'm like a go, go, go kind of guy. So it's hard for me to relate, but a lot of people are, they just want to just quickly take a quick pill and not have to exercise or do any of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely true. It's, and sometimes I would say people get to a point where, where that's very difficult because it's gone on to such mm -hmm. an extent that they're, yes. um, you know, in a place where they're not, um, functioning so well and pretty much I mean what we have you know in in the construct of, of our mental health care paradigm that we have set up like through traditional western medicine it's there's there's basically one intervention you're going to be offered yeah there, there's not which you know and maybe in some cases especially if things are really bad okay like you know utilizing that as a support or an assistance but rather than saying to someone like which i think it was pretty common to say um is you're going to need this for the rest of your life yes. you, have, you have a chemical imbalance yeah you always hear essentially that. you're broken um versus like hey we're just okay okay things are things are rough but we're going to put in a plan for, for it helping, you know, this person be supported in, in whatever they can do. And in various ways, you know, multidimensionally yes. and knowing that, Hey, we want to use this for as short a time as we can. And that eventually, you know, we want to look to be able to help you come off of it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like you said, that's not really our Western, our medicine. And I, I was talking to someone the other day about, mental health stuff and they're like yeah but they have a chemical imbalance and I was like well actually there's data out there now the paradigm has shifted and it's not necessarily a, a chemical imbalance there's a lot of people who are overdiagnosed and they're seeing mental health um, symptoms as a disease when actually they're simply just symptoms your body isn't making mistakes your body's giving you that anxiety and your body's giving you those panic attacks because something isn't in alignment mm -hmm. with your true self and yeah, and exactly. she looked at me she was like what do you mean it's not a chemical imbalance and I was like well there and I didn't have any data on me to explain but I was like there's actually data saying that there and I don't even know perhaps maybe there is some people who have chemical imbalances but from what I was reading I was like there is research now that's saying that that paradigm has been shifted and it's not necessarily a chemical imbalance it could be trauma it could be um 
your soul is wanting something completely different than what you're living in. And, or it could be simple as like your diet and, or exercise. Like for instance, I'm not a big drinker. I've never been a big, huge like partier that wasn't ever really in my repertoire, but this past holidays, I was enjoying myself having good wine here and there. And as I'm getting older, I'm really realizing that it completely affects my sleep. I'm not sleeping even after just one glass of wine. And so I actually haven't had a drink of alcohol since uh, last year because I was getting anxiety and I'm not, and like, I don't normally get anxiety. So I just put two and two together. I'm like, hmm, I'm not sleeping very good because I've been drinking small moderations of alcohol. And, and I think that is part of it. So I quit. I'm like, I'm not going to drink anymore. And I haven't had any anxiety since then. And I was like, whoa, I just wanted to do kind of like this little experiment on myself, I guess you could say, but I, I knew that how not great alcohol is for you. And I knew that that was a symptom and I was like reading up on it and I was like, but it could be as simple as that for some people. It doesn't necessarily mean I have a chemical imbalance because I was getting anxiety. No, it's all by design. Everything that's like pushed on us and touted as like a great time is all like creating anxiety. This garbage yeah. food, the alcohol, the partying, the, all this like lifestyle. The one is, night stand. It's all anxiety. It's all by design. Like I, I always take it back to it's all by design. It's a big circle of a, a sick system of the, their profit and their greed and their, you know, to keep us sick, to keep them on top. Yeah. The big pharma is not, yeah. is not, our... not your friend. Yeah. Well, whenever you have a system that's measure, it, it, its final measure comes down to the almighty dollar. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, where's the prioritization of human well-being? Yeah, yeah. it's going to you get know, corrupted. It's, <laughs> if it's a system of for profit, it's going to be corrupted. There's no way around that. Yeah. And that's kind of the nature of kind of just modern Western society right now is, um, well, I think capitalism, you know, has it, you know, it's wonderful that you can, okay, anybody can start a business and and you can make your way. I love that aspect of it. But what dominates us culturally are big systems yeah. and within, within any system it becomes very difficult for because when things get systematized it becomes you know um very um methodical and, and kind of a one-size-fits-all like you fit into this bucket and that's it mm-hmm. um and when it comes to human health and well-being none of us fit exactly into the same no, bucket there's not a, it's that's not a why, yeah that's why like in in this practice and the way it's set up in free range is we can take the time to listen to and talk to another human who's going through a very vulnerable difficult period of their lives yeah and when, like to and to be able to hear something like exactly what you shared about how I started to look at the the component of, of alcohol in, in how it affected you and that it is known to disrupt sleep. And I would say, if you want to have some good old anxiety, yeah, ha- start to drink because yeah. <laughs> you will get, 
you'll it'll feel you'll feel a relief of anxiety, but the next day you'll get the depression, you'll get rebound anxiety. Yeah, almost yeah. worse than almost exactly. And so those are the details that we that need to be addressed. The, the, the low hanging fruit, yeah. but that in the current model, the current paradigm, the syst in the system. Um, that room is not there. That is not there when you can only meet with someone, you know, for 30 minutes for an intake or 45 minutes. That's not enough time to get to know somebody and to talk about all of these different pieces of the puzzle that contribute to their well-being. It's not enough time in five-minute, 10-minute, or even 15-minute follow-ups. Yeah. When you're dealing with the medication that is altering somebody's brain chemistry, it's not enough time. Yeah. And so the current system, which was why I was kind of go back to my well, like my story, I struggled in the beginning. It was like, is this for me? And it was for this reason. Yeah. Because I, my heart was having a hard time with the system. Yeah. And at a certain point, I just decided, well, let me let me finish the system kind of training, and then let me be one, you know, who can maybe hopefully help change a little bit like in my little corner of, of the world okay maybe yeah. I can help others in some way you know with things that also helped me uh, and I think I think for for anxiety and depression in particular I would say the vast majority of people if they could just get some good coaching and support and and these things could just vastly avoid the use of medication or, or really, really reduce it dramatically. I do think that nature, I do think that nature has some, um, in some ways there will be things inherent in nature that cause imbalances. But if you look at that, like percentages wise, like for example, like if you look out at like a field of tulips, they're mostly all grown in the right direction and in the right, you know, here and there, maybe one is goofed up or whatever or something like that. Same with humans. I think if you look at nature as the blueprint or try to understand yes. us as well, like, okay, yes, there will be a certain percentage of people who have an inbuilt um, error or something in their, in the physiology. Okay. But let's be realistic. Like what is that percent? Maybe 2%. Yeah. Certainly less than five percent. Yeah. So if you look at them, the other ninety-five percent, what's going on? Yeah. And what's what? So that and then that doesn't match the the statistics of one in six of us are on a psychiatric medication right. in the U.S. At least I haven't looked up. I think chance. Canada, we're not quite as high, but we're sure close. Yeah. It is not far from the U.S. Yeah. So it's what is going on if one in six of us are using a psychiatric medication? <laughs> Sorry, little guys. No yeah, I like how you said low-hanging fruit because that's that's kind of the thing. There's just like two or three things that everybody could do, like clean up your nutrition and get off the couch and move around for an hour a day. And that would just eliminate so much of the trouble. Yeah. And, and yeah. cut out booze if that's a, if that's the thing that you rely on, you know, like those two or three things could just could he could do a lot of healing for people, and it's just yeah. low hanging fruit. It's those are those are easy things to notice. 
I I would I would agree, but we've we've become a very kind of intervention focused society mm-hmm. in this idea of like better living through chemicals, yeah. which I think was kind of exploded in the fifties, and and we're still living that out. But yeah. we're now I I think really understanding about what are the ramifications of this kind of a mindset, and the the ramifications are. I mean I it's it's disconcerting. You know, for, to say it mildly. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think that the silver lining of it is, though, that there are are more people popping up like you guys that are are have had the training, have gone through med school and saw all the red lights. And then and I like we we first we listened to Kelly Brogan. I'm, I don't, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Dr. Kelly Brogan her stuff a long time ago. And I, I remember listening to it um, years ago. And I was like, whoa, this makes sense to me. It makes so much sense. And she was the only one I knew that back then that was thinking this way that had gone to med school and she prescribed drugs. And then she was like, wait a second, I'm doing this wrong and kind of woke up to what actually needs to happen. And now I'm seeing lots of this. So that gives me hope. That gives me hope that there's more and more people that are that are waking up to the holistic s- side of things mm-hmm. and um i know it's still few and far between um and something else i wanted to add cuz we're in canada so we have like the universal like medical like we we get our we get medical paid for basically except we don't really like we yeah. pay out of pocket for all this stuff the medical it, system which we don't use yeah. at all so when we actually seek help if we need a, a naturopathic doctor or we, we a holistic whatever like we're paying out of pocket for that anyway so like quite frankly we'd be better off living in the, with the states with yeah. their type of medical system where we could just pay our out pay yeah. our monthly fee to yeah, what we chose every time we ever need you know any sort of medicine or whatever we're not going to the doctor we're going to a naturopath and we're paying for it and we've we've picked private and and with private stuff too like you're getting results right away whereas here in Canada like I I was we homeschool our kids and we were at a homeschool play date yesterday and one of the moms had to go to uh appointment this will make sense in a second why I'm explaining it (laughs) she had to go to appointment and but it was private through her naturopathic doctor and she's like oh I'll have my results within a few days and I was like, isn't that interesting? You had to pay for this out of pocket, but you're going to get your results within a few days. Whereas like if we go to the medical system, we have to wait months and months and months and months to to see a specialist. And then after that, we have to wait weeks to get our results. Mm-hmm. And it's like by then, like something could have totally changed. You could have had a life, a, life, a huge life thing that just completely switched everything over or like your disease could have gotten worse, blah, 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 blah. Um, but with what you guys are doing, it's instantaneous. Like you're helping people right away, but yes, people have to pay for it out of pocket, but it's, it's, I find so much better than going through the system, going through the government to, to get help. And like, I, we know lots of people who have gone to counseling, gone to different rehab things through, through the government because it's free, but it's not very good. It's not really getting yeah, to the root cause. Yeah. Medical system's garbage. Everyone's like, oh, Canada, free health care. It's, it's shit care. It's yeah. free shit care. It's sick care. Yeah. It's sick care. <laughs> it's keeping you in that cycle. It's keeping you in those loops. Yeah. And 
But my my point was positive at first, how I'm grateful for people like you that are that are that have had the training, but have also woken up and can see a bigger picture of what really needs to be done. And I think when we skew far from nature, which us as human beings, a lot of us have, like some people don't even get outside in a day. I think when we are far from nature, that's when we get into states of dis-ease. Yeah, that's, I'm so glad you came back to that point because you said alignment earlier. And I was like, ooh, that's exactly. See, the thing is too, as humans, like we're so obsessed with our inventions and our discoveries. It's a little bit arrogant in terms of, wait a minute, how about we look to nature first? Yeah. Be like, okay, what works, you know, when we're aligned with nature, and I tell every single patient this now, I kind of figured this out at a certain point. I wanted to articulate this with every single person I work with. It's the first thing we talk about on their wellness plan. I want to say, listen, this whole approach, the, the essence of this approach is alignment. Alignment with the most powerful force in existence, which is nature. And so we're either going to try to help nature do what it needs to do, but mostly we're going to try to get out of its way. Mm -hmm. And secondly, aligning with the truth of who you really are. If, if we can do that, if we, if we, if we could build a system based off of that, (laughs) how beautiful people would need the system a lot less. Well, totally. people have to figure out who they really are. And I think that's like, that's the most basic way I could kind of simplify or summarize anxiety. It's like your soul is not living the path that it's, it wants to live. You're, you're stuck in a nine to five that you hate. You're, you're, you know, fill in the blank. Just, your life is not what you want to be doing. Or what your, what your soul came here to do. Yeah. yeah. You, and, and the more, the more we try to deny truth, in any way shape or form the more life will show us that life loves truth because life is the truth (laughs) you know and so the more more the more delusional we might be or or, you know illusions we might have about how we think life should go life is the way it is you know and and i think so this this whole idea of helping people you know, helping them align with with that, with the nature of life, the, the the nature of life that is is this human, you know, body mind system, and also with the truth of who they truly are. Yeah, what did they come here to do and be, and the discovery of themselves, and that you know the layers, the layers of unpeeling that is. You can't buy that in a pill. Yeah, that's not ever going to happen. And in fact. I think the situation that happens when people are on medicines, even the thing that I hear people like the that people dislike the most about being on them is they feel not like themselves. They yeah. feel numb. Yeah. They feel they don't feel their emotions. They feel the world feels unreal or distant or, or something like that. Yeah. And so then there's that kind of slow walk home back to who you really are, yeah. what you really are. And I would say for huge percentages of people, that is, um, you know, that is absolutely possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, know? yeah. you can't, I like that. You can't hide from the truth. And I think anxiety and depression are at an all time high right now because there is a lot of truth hiding going on in the world right now. 
yeah, it's, it's going to make you anxious. It's, yeah, it's gonna, sure. And I think that's what I felt like when I think back to how I felt like, you know, when I was in train in medical training, I felt very not aligned. I felt awful about trying to run through being with people who are like terrified. These people are so scared. Human beings who are going through these things and, oh, okay, hurry up. I got to do my next H&P, you know, or my history physical. I do my next intake or I've got to, like, uh, you know, I, that anxiety came from having to operate in a situation and scenario like that. Well, that anxiety was trying to say something, right? Um, like, and, and I, I, I did a podcast a couple of years back and I, I'm, I would stick to this idea that I, I said about anxiety and someone who I was, I was in the emergency room a couple of times in my earlier years for, for panic attacks. I, I was, I went through the whole anxiety thing um, personally. And, and now on this side of things, at this phase of my life, I would say anxiety is not a malfunction. It's a message. Yeah. It's a message. Your life, yourself is trying to get your attention, yeah. but then it's layers, the unpeeling of the layers of like, okay, what we thought was true or what we didn't know or what we didn't realize or, you know, it's, it's on unpe- the unpeeling of, of the layers of that. And, yeah. but in doing so, I mean, while, while it takes effort, like you said, like, uh, if I've got to go out and exercise, I got to make the smoothie, like, Ugh. Yeah. but yeah. man, oh man, <laughs> if you, if you surrender to that, yeah, that, you know, and, and feel, yeah, and walk that walk, it can take you to immense places of ease and peace that yeah. you deserve. That are that are fundamental. That 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 is actually the truth of you is peace yeah. and peace. Like look at your kids, right? The truth of them is yeah, happy, you know, like you know, life vibrant, um, and. I think that I think the reality of humans underneath all of the the anxiety and all those kinds of things, I think the reality underlying all of us is actually peace and happiness. Yeah, yeah. which is like probably the opposite of what people think. Why a lot of people are scared to go inward because they think they're going to release the demons. Where it's just taking a pill and suppressing them is a lot easier. Yeah, well, and I think people like to be, you know continuously distracted yes totally i think i think i think slowing down being quiet being still is terrifying for a lot of people terrifying being (laughs) alone in a room with no noise or distractions yeah yeah especially at this yeah at this in this age the modern era when you can be on five different devices at once there's always a juicy instagram whatever to be looking at or you know it's so easy it's more powerful now than ever i think the the propensity for distraction it's versus important. when we were hunter gatherers and had you know we're sitting around a, a fire by 7 p.m because you know it's dark and there's nothing else to do you know yeah. it's, it's in, I mean, in the yeah. quiet that was present and naturally in the environment it's, it's constant stimulation now even in our techno technological short lifespan like i remember when i was a kid we only had a few channels and then as I got older, we got tons of channels. And then picture in picture came out. And you could watch two things at once. And then now it's like insane. You can be watching 15 screens at once. And there's too much information coming in. I can't yeah. handle that. But the kids nowadays are like, yeah. Just the time span. Like we've got 30 seconds. People don't have a lot more. It's like if you don't, within the first five seconds, if you don't like it, you can just 
skip yeah. to the next video yeah. like, with, with your fingertip and it's like whoa what's this doing what is this totally, doing totally. And, and we can see it and there's now like I I think that it's very trendy for teenagers um to be on medication from my experience listening to them talk seeing them seeing what's going on and it's almost like a it's like a um a badge that they get to wear for I think for attention more than anything which is sad because it's like what are what do you want what part of you wants to be seen that you have to that that's what you're showing us um and like you talking about the the selfie crying videos crying yeah for attention well, stuff yeah like not that. even just that but just like they're they're very out forward on social media about what medications they're taking right, yeah. and what what disorders they have and I was like oh man my heart hurts for them because when I was a teenager um I did have a few friends who were on antidepressants but it wasn't all of them like there was like two that I remember and one of them said the exact same same things that you said Dr. Jennifer was how she was like taking her medication she's like yeah I seem happy but I don't feel anything I don't feel I don't feel anything I feel numb and she's like I don't like this I didn't like how I was feeling before but I don't like this and I I I just she was one of my very best friends and I I didn't know what to say then and I was like but even then in my mind, I was like, I don't think the medication is the right thing then. Like there's something underlying that maybe you could address, but we didn't have that conversation and those conversations weren't around. Mm. But now I listen to teenagers and like, we've got lots in our life and I can, they're like, oh, this person has this disorder. This person has this disorder. This person has this disorder. And they're learning it from TikTok and Instagram. And it's just like, oh man, what if you didn't know those disorders were disorders and you were just listening to your body? Yeah, exactly. Your body's just not. What if that wasn't offered to you as like, like so many things wouldn't be in there if you didn't see it on a screen? Yeah, yeah. So many things, images would not, ideas would not be in your head if you weren't, if they weren't put there. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's interesting times. It's like, it's crazy. Pendulum swinging, you know, yes. from from it just being purely stigma, stigmatized and nobody talks about it, mm-hmm. to then I, I think pendulum swung then to this point, like you said, about suddenly it's a badge of honor to be yeah. on an antidepressant or a stimulant. It's like I can understand people are trying, you know, in that vein of wanting to be accepting or non-discriminating against yeah. people who are has having struggles with mental health but i think that pendulum went a little too far oh, in that every way of like yeah the badge of honor thing that's um it's just it's scary to me as you know when i think about kids and i think about them thinking like oh okay well yeah i don't feel good today let me just pop a prozac you yeah. know like, Ooh, that's been on it that was one that you were on right and you and you said it was the worst experience of your life and and I think most doctors who are just doctors prescribing this not psychiatric doctors well psychiatric doctors too but they like how there's no informed consent there's no informed consent about what the ramifications of taking that medication is 
Yeah, I would say, well, informed consent used to be, you used to have to sign a document just to be able to, just to take one of the medications. But interestingly, that has been completely done away with. No more informed, you know, as in, as in having to put, sign on the dotted line about I'm, I'm consenting to taking a, a medicine that's going to alter my brain chemistry. Yeah. Which I feel like even just the act of doing that, yeah. Somehow, just even symbolically, says I realize that this there's there's a certain gravity to this. Yeah, and I'm taking. It isn't such a casual thing. And what what kind of blows my mind is in today's society is is these kinds of medications are thrown around like candy. Yes, mm-hmm. they are used so casually. Yeah, it blows my mind that to. Yeah, again, because you're altering your experience of life. Of your human life. Your, your humanness, your your very sense of of, of being alive and living. Yeah. And and that's a huge deal. And then so and then this whole idea of informed consent are what are the potential ramifications of this medication? Well, like for example, they're now finding that some of the sexual side effects of the SSRIs or the antidepressant med- medications that, that originally they thought would go away once you stopped taking the medications. So things about like not having a libido or um, not being able to, you know, have an orgasm or things like that. Well, they're now finding for some people that side effect is not going away ever. Oh my gosh. Even being off the medication. So how about that kind of informed consent? Like, we're not sure, but you may lose your sex drive for life. How, but, but even just, but even just the, I'm wow. sorry to get so soapboxy. Oh, no, that, no, this sometimes is when I sit and think about it, that it feels surreal, but how about the humility just the humility of of kind of the, the general medical institution to say in earnest, we don't know. Yeah. yeah. These medications are so new in the advent of human history. We can't know. We haven't had generations of people going through use of these medications. But guess what? Our first generation has gone totally through. And now what we're seeing on the other side is some really scary stuff. Yeah. Some debilitating, you know, very difficult stuff. And and I think even if we could just include within the, the context of it and within the the conversation with patients, this sense of we don't entirely know. It, it being proven by that very thing that you had referenced earlier about how it has come out that the, the serotonin theory of depression has been debunked. Unks, yeah. The whole thing of, so even being able to tell someone, well, it's a chemical imbalance that's causing your depression. Guess what? We have no definitive evidence showing that that is true. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We're just living in the, the arrogance of the medical industry is like, we're living in the age of scientism right now. And it's like, whatever comes out of a doctor's mouth, the doctor won't admit he doesn't know. And whatever comes out of his mouth goes into some people's ears. Like God said it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and what I will say is have being a physician, I went through the system. I worked in the system. I said some of those things along the way, but what I will tell you is the way the system is designed it's to create, because I, I see the people that go into it. I know the people I went to med school with. Sweet, intelligent, earnest, conscientious human beings. 
who want to help people, who are loving and want to help people. But the system has so many elements of it for the people in it, the yeah. being trained, to scare the crap yeah. out of you to ever think independently, to ever right. think beyond the the what what the you know what you're taught in the class. To right. to think beyond that or look beyond that, you're you're scared you're scared to death about ever thinking that, you know, of, you know, oh, your medical license, it's always, you know, always on the line. And it's always, it could, at, at any moment, a moment, we could yank this out from underneath you, which yeah. could be devastating totally. to, a, to, a, to a person who's, who's spent, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars on education yeah. and a decade of their life yeah. to train and, and then doesn't have any other, you know, way to earn money for their family, like in that manner, yeah. it's, it's touted um it's touted the people within the system i know people get upset with their providers i i get that and but in i see them also as victims as well yeah and again you know of of a system it's the system that's broken and the people and here's here's some evidence (laughs) um here's what physician well-being okay I don't, in this statistic, I don't know why this doesn't hit headlines more, but we lose a physician a day to suicide every single day of the year. A phys, I mean, statistically speaking, a physician, a physician commits suicide. Wow. What is that saying? And these are people who are highly, highly educated, highly respected, you know, high earners, you know, high achieving, like, how is that how is that itself not an indicator of something might be not quite right here if these people who are supposed to because i think too as a physician as a person who's helping another person with their health they should be an example of health to be vibrant and healthy and balanced and well and happy and they're not and they're not most of them are not and they're not. Yeah, I, I like public health officials. Yeah. And if you look at the the suicide rates of trainees as well, medical trainees, I mean, devastating too, because look at these are young, bright lives, highly capable individuals. And because of the pressures, and I know those pressures, um, and we lost a person in my med school class, I'll never forget that day, um, to suicide. And it's, it's, yeah. So um, we could use an overhaul. Yeah. Like to come from the heart, not just the pocketbook. Yeah. Yeah. I can understand why. I mean, that's, there's several different reasons. I mean, the pressure could drive you to a snapping point, Uh, you know, living your whole life and coming to a realization that you've, you know, maybe been brainwashed a little bit or. Or like not again, not in alignment. <laughs> yeah, not, not in alignment. In alignment with with, exactly. with what feels right to you, and and it's it's so sad that that like I didn't know that statistic. I knew that um, veterinarians had a really high suicide rate, but I didn't realize it was like that for physicians as well. Well, I I, I had a I figured it wouldn't be. It was still happening, but I didn't realize it was one a day. That's like PTSD, like war vets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we know something's going wrong there. Look at those statistics. Translate that over to the medical industry. Military industrial complex and medical industrial complex are kind of wings of the same bird. Yeah. 
Yeah. And if you think you don't like interacting with it as a patient, you can probably be clued into that the other human beings working inside of it, they also be feeling really, um, could potentially be feeling really yucky. Yeah, like every interaction you have sucks. Yeah. Well, (laughs) we had quite a few people. um, One of our really good friends was a physician and she left and we've heard her side of the story. She's been on our podcast twice and shared, shared what it's like being in, in the system and thinking differently from everybody else as well. And then we have, I know quite a few nurses and again, our system in Canada is so broken. So it's, I'd say it's worse than a lot of the states. Um, it, I think we've like a couple of the nurses I've talked to, they've worked in third world country hospitals and said that our hospitals here right now are worse than a third world country hospital. And that's and it, not because of COVID. It was pre-COVID. It was, it was bad before. And then they lost a lot of staff because of the, you mandates. had to, the mandates of the vaccine and you you couldn't, they lost their job. So they were already short staffed. And then now on top of it have more short staff. So it's like, it was, it was just crazy. So they, the stress level of these, of these nurses are, is just through the roof and, and, but they can't leave because they again, went to school for X amount of years. And, and a lot of them feel guilty for leaving because if they leave, then there's no one to fill their shoes. And and what are they going to do? They've put their life into this. Yeah. Like I've, I've, I've devoted my life to this and now it's either going to get taken away from me or I have to walk away from it. Yeah. That's and why the people that walk away from it, like, like the, you know, the physicians we've had on our podcast that have been a physician for 20 years and then went, went to school, for, went 30 to school years. for 30 years, been a physician for 20 years. And then they're like, the mandates come out and they're like, nope, screw you. I'm walking away from this. Like, Wow. Good conviction yeah. convictions were really really yeah. deep um but okay on a happier note sorry i ran no that's okay we all <laughs> I, I did too but on a happier note like what when someone reaches out to you or if someone wants to reach out to you they're listening to our podcast and they want to reach out to you what's the first step that they can take they reach out to you for like a consultation first yeah, so we have the option for a 15-minute consultation, a phone consultation. If they it, Basically, it's like a little meet and greet for us to see, you know, they can kind of say what they're looking for. I can tell them a little bit about our approach and our practice, and then we can see if it seems like a fit for them. Um, but yeah, our website, freerange.org, uh, we've got a chat there, um, right, that, you know, if someone wants to chat with our administrator or yeah, he's wonderful. I talked to him a few <laughs> times and he was fantastic. Uh, yeah, yeah, we love him. And uh, you could, he's my husband, by the way. Oh, is he? <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, or you can email, people can email us or call us. Yeah, it's all there on our website, the front page. Really easy, really easy to find us. Website's getting overhauled pretty soon because um, we're just changing up some stuff. But yeah, absolutely. People can oh. be in touch with us that way. So if someone is listening and they're feeling like they want to get off their medication, but they're also scared, what's your first recommendation for them? Or what would, I know <laughs> that contact you. I know everyone's so individual, so you can't just give a blanket. Yeah. yeah there, there's no blanket thing I can say. Um, I just tell people, uh, you know, even in that call, like that first call, I just say just, 
follow your intuition. Yeah. You know, that's, that's not often, I think, you know, advised or recommended, you know, for people in, again, in the, in the traditional setting, trust your intuition. If you feel like something's not right, like, I don't know if I, if I need this. Um, yeah. It's worth an exploration. Yeah. At, at least that, you know, you, you kind of owe yourself that much is, is the exploration of that. Um, it is, you know, and it can be scary and daunting. I would say the best way to, to do it, if if somebody is going to do it, is with guidance and support. Um, I, I definitely do. It can go way better. But but giving good guidance and support, you got to do some legwork, got to do some research, really find out what's up, what, what, are, what are people actually doing um, in terms of guiding and supporting. It's... Um, yeah, things are popping up more and more online. The Inner Compass, I, I'm a huge fan of the Inner Compass. Um, Intercompass.org, they're a nonprofit who does a lot of education for people. I think they've organized things very well. Uh, we've got things on our website, you know, education-wise as well. Your, and your website is chock full of great podcasts. I've listened to some of your podcasts that you have on there um, and great information. And, and Dr. Campbell has awesome, um, both of you have great blogs as well on there. So I think that yeah. is like a wealth of knowledge for sure. Yeah. 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 So yeah. that's incredible. Cool. Well, I know it's Saturday and you probably want to get back with your family, but is if is there anything else you want to add in on to in the podcast to let our listeners know? Is there yeah? I think it was great. No, thank you both. I love the conversation. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 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 Great, great topics. I hope I didn't get too so boxy, but no, but I'm really, really glad that you're making a space for this conversation to happen. What I would love to see I would just love to see that like more spaces for this conversation to happen. Mm -hmm. Because that's what it what it needs and what it takes is is for us as humans speaking and connecting. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's the thing that makes the difference and in, in what matters. And, and it's, I would say literally people speaking up like online and stuff. I, I do think it's probably saving lives. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think it is know. too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think yeah. it is too. So I really thank you for what you're doing and thank you for listening to your intuition and listening to, to that you weren't in alignment um, with the whole medical system and decided, okay, there's, there's another option out there. And cause I think that is vital and people, people are wanting that right now, for sure. There, there's a lot of people who just want to take the pill, but there's a lot of people who, who are ready and willing to do the inner work. And it's people like you and Dr. Campbell's and the Kelly Brogan's of the world that are really making a big difference. Cause you're giving people a, a different, um, option. And whereas there's no other options anywhere else. So and the time is now. Yeah. Yeah. The time is yeah. Now get right and get in alignment. Yeah. 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 I so, love it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you for your time. Yeah. And um I hope you have a great rest of your day in mm -hmm. Michigan. Thank you. Thank you, you guys too. Thank you. Bye. Bye bye. Thank you.